Anxious to step through the gate again, Major? Yes, I am. We all are. Would you like us to bring back anything special? Uh, no, thanks. Groceries, new outfit, flatware? Hmm. No, just yourselves in one piece, please. Dial it up. You say. Welcome to the Jumping Puddles podcast. Be sure to listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and or YouTube. And follow us at Jumping Puddles Podcast on Tumblr, Instagram, and Jumping Pud Pod on Twitter. With me are my fellow co-hosts, Tor Ash and Australian Sam. Hiya! Woo! Hey. <laughs> so, today we have Poisoning the Well. The Atlantis expedition makes first contact with the Hoffins, who have developed a drug to prevent the wraith from feeding on their food supply. Dr. Carson Beckett helps them perfect it, but discovers a few unforeseeable side effects. Ooh. That's a good description. <laughs> dun, dun, really dun. Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really big Carson episode. Hell yeah. I yeah, like the only one, right, that we get. Mm, let me think. Maybe. I mean, one can make the argument that Whispers is sort of... <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say Whispers. A Carson episode-ish? He kind of shares the spotlight a little bit. Oh, but... that's in season five. I haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> you could also make the argument for Sunday. Mm. Oh, I was oh, just about to say that. Why would you bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> I'll put myself in time out. Damn. Oh, no, I was just crying about Carson. <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just thought it was funny that um, Carson got such a big episode and he's not even one of the main cast. True, like before any of the main cast yeah. really did. Well, besides Taylor. I know! Yeah. <laughs> funny too, because this is like his one big one and they're like, yeah, never again. Sorry, bye. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, no. Develop. It's the episode before he starts agreeing with all the itchy... Yeah, I mean, Doing ever since we spoke stuff. about, like, evil scientist Carson, I'm like, I can't even look at him the same anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, know, what if he was evil the whole time? <laughs> well, but in this episode, he was still trying not to be so evil. He was still holding back. Yeah. I mean, he was not evil compared to the Hoffans. I find it super interesting how um, he's like, he mentions in particular uh, that he took an oath, you know, the Hippocratic oath. And the first thing is do no harm. And he was like, you know, I intend to keep that oath. Um, he does not keep that oath at all. <laughs> Spoiler alert. And also he brings up the end justifying the means being a slippery slope in medicine, and, uh... <clears throat> that also is unfortunate. <laughs> like, the seeds are there, though. The seeds are planted that Carson is going to turn into an evil mad scientist. I think it might be just it Pegasus. You know? Like, it just beat him down. And being around John, Aww. war criminal, for so long. It's <laughs> just... Well, I wrote down that um, Carson is the one that first bring up that they need to take the research to the next level. And I was like, hello? Mm-hmm. The seeds? Planted? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, and Elizabeth even says to him, like, you know what you're asking for, right? Like, you're asking permission to do medical experiments on a prisoner of war. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so, yeah, true. Very true. That's the thing, though. They can't exactly abide by the Geneva Convention because technically that's a rule for Earth, right? Like, there's nothing in there that states, like, oh, you should abide by it everywhere, even in other galaxies. <laughs> so it's like... And on aliens. Yeah. <laughs> so as terrible as it is, it's like... Technically, they're free to do whatever they like on prisoners, right? Ooh. 
Yeah, I guess they're really Are an we? island onto <laughs> their own, like their their own country, nation. Can we also just talk about how the Hoffins were like convinced the Wraith were not gonna do another <laughs> culling for at least fifty years, and the whole Atlantis <gasps> team was like, "Ooh, about that." <laughs> That's where like. This is the funniest reaction of where, like, Rodney's just glaring at John, and John's like, ah, fuck, like, yeah, that was my fault. (laughs) (laughs) And the little argument in the hallway where Rodney's like, you have to tell them, and John's like, well, if you want to do it so badly, you do it. (laughs) (laughs) You break their hearts, and it's just so funny. Why don't you tell Mom we broke the lamp? I'm not gonna. (laughs) (laughs) It was so incredible to me that the Hoffins worked on this drug for over 150 years um, as a whole uh, society like everybody seemed to be agreeing with that and I was like wow they really first of all how many people are on this planet and do they really work together all of them over this <laughs> period of time and I was like how how <laughs> yeah it was interesting to hear Carson comparing Earth to Hoff and basically being like, you know, we don't have the wraith, but we fight each other. And as we saw at the end of the episode. Yeah, exactly. And then at the end of the episode, we see that they're really of one mind. um, Like all the people. Which is a crazy difference. And maybe it is like the threat of, you know, the wraith kind of forces them to work together and be of one thought i don't know you also see in this episode shepherd being defiant i guess against (laughs) elizabeth's wishes like he volunteered their services to the hoffins not once but twice (laughs) without her approval (laughs) it's like he's testing the waters to how much he can get away with without getting into trouble like uh, schoolboy john like (laughs) i love that comparison You know if she could smack him with a ruler, she would. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she wanted that so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, what say does she have, really? Like, she's kind of being, um, she has to make a hard call in this episode to be like, yeah, it's okay to do this. And yeah, it's okay to test drugs on our prisoner and send this person to their potential death um, in the hopes of saving this galaxy. Uh, And I feel like, yeah, it wasn't exactly what she signed up for. You know, it's not the fun part of her job. That sucked too, because she's a negotiator, right? Like, she did, like, uh, treaties for, like, the UN, right? Or something like that. Um, So it just must suck that, like, to come to this, like, new galaxy and then immediately get thrust into a war that you are one not prepared for (laughs) to have no idea how to deal with and then your main military guy is like hey uh is that a torture dude and like suddenly like you know she's all about like negotiating and there's just no way she can negotiate here or i mean she hasn't tried yet (laughs) but i mean would that realistically go down well i don't know Well, John was already, like, having none of it in that scene. He was rolling his eyes when she was, like, taking her time to make a decision. Which, like, chill, bro. Take two seconds (laughs) after making a decision to take action. Also, he's not responsible in the end because it's her call. So I think it's easier for him to uh, speak his mind and make his decision based on his maybe military mind. Um, and she has to, like, she has the final saying after all. Um, oh. True. Funny, too, because I feel like she brings up the Geneva Conventions, which is something that, to this day, if you go into, on Tumblr into the Stargate Atlantis tag and you <laughs> scroll for a bit, you'll see someone, you'll see so many conversations talking about, like, did they do the right thing? The Geneva Conventions, nope. like, throw it out the fucking window, like, all that stuff. And then John kind of justifies, you know, he uses that phrase to justify the argument, which is like, oh, well, if the Wraith went to the uh, Geneva Conventions, like, they would have eaten everyone there. <laughs> <laughs> 
such an idiot. Oh, so, so interesting that he went there. Also, what were they doing with the Wraith prisoner? Like, he said that he was going to die anyway because he was going to starve. But is, is that okay? Like, letting him starve is no. okay, but... Like, wh wh what's going on there? Isn't it okay to let the race starve, though? Because, like, the only way for them to not starve is by taking the life out of a human being. And, I mean, like, that's not okay, right? Like, <laughs> True. <laughs> and they did try True. alternatives. They did try to feed it other live stuff, like, I'm assuming animals from the mainland, but it didn't work or they just didn't want to eat it. So, <laughs> Wraith are picky eaters. Yeah. It's not like they were <laughs> intentionally starving him. He just wasn't eating. He's just being petty. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Which raises the question, can Wraith eat animals? Like, you know how vampires can, like, subsist off of animal blood? <laughs> can they... <laughs> <laughs> Can they, like, use farm animals and they just don't taste as good? Like, what is the... Sorry, I'm just, like, <laughs> the way that you talk about vampires and wraith, like, you completely... <laughs> they exist, like, obviously. <laughs> and that's what they do. <laughs> Pretty sure there's some vampire wraith fans out there somewhere. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's a great question. <laughs> But it also raises another point um, about Shepard. I joke like he's a war criminal and this and that, but he actually had sympathy for Steve um, when they had, you know, fed the sick person to Steve and the sick person lived and then Steve was getting sick. And Shepard actually, like, in that scene... I think he feels sympathy for Steve because he's like, oh, don't worry, we're going to get you help. Um, so it was a weird sudden turn um, from him being like, I don't pity the prisoner. Literally, he says those words to Elizabeth in the meeting. And then all of a sudden, um, pitying him. And I don't know if it was because he saw in that moment, like, the creature was suffering. And so he was like, oh, I don't like that. Um... <laughs> Or what was going on in his head. I just thought it was a weird character moment. I feel like part of me thinks that like he's kind of like putting up a front or something. Just because I wrote it down. He has like a pep in his step throughout this entire episode. Until like the end when shit goes down. But I feel like he's so like, aha, like we're going to come in here. You know, like we're good guys. We're going to do this. Haha, jokey, jokey. And then by the end, he's like pissed. He's like furious. He's like, the Hoffins did what? Um... <laughs> But it's just such a stark contrast to, like, again, I mean, season five is depressing as a fucking hole. But, like, take a look at season four, John, you know? John would never... He's so cavalier, I feel like, because he's so jokey and, like, I'm, like, the big, like, you know, typical, like, action hero. I'm gonna say something snarky. And then, like, season four, it's, like, depression. <laughs> like, he's not, you know, like... He's not as like he's not like skipping to each planet. He's like, ah, oh, shit. You know, again, <laughs> talking about how Tor brought it up earlier, like just getting beat down by the Pegasus Galaxy. Both Carson and John are just like completely smacked down. Damn. <laughs> I think maybe the reason why John might feel sympathy or whatever for the Wraith um, at last is because. They weren't planning on poisoning the wraith. And maybe it's something they hadn't foreseen. And maybe in some part felt bad for that. Because, I mean, they lied to him in the first place. They didn't tell him that this guy had uh, was like had an immunity against the wraith. Right. Hey, this episode is not a good episode to watch during a pandemic. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, no. I felt like... That's a great point. Um, because I think, you know, John would be okay uh, watching the Wraith starve uh, if it was because of the Wraith's own volition. And because, obviously, he's not going to feed a person to the Wraith just to keep it alive. 
uh, for no other reason. Um, but to actively have a hand in, like, the death, uh, when it's not fighting back, uh, yeah, I can see him having a problem with that, for sure. Well, like, he's putting, uh, maybe, like, a front kind of thing, um, I know the Wraith kind of mentions, like, oh, like, you all, like, I sense everyone's fear, like, lie. <laughs> and so I feel like that could be John trying to just be, like, the whole time just trying to, like, keep up morale and be like, hey, guys, look, like, I'm naming the Wraith Steve because it's fun. Like, not that him and his entire race are going to fucking kill us and eat us. Like, whoo! And then when, like, the Wraith is poisoned, he's like, oh, wait, shit. Like, shit gets real. So I think that could also be an aspect of it where he's... I definitely think he felt, like, some sort of sympathy, but I think it's also, like, oh, fuck. If this hurts them, like, we are all going to die. And so I think it, you know, he switch, he flips that switch, and then he, like, rages for the rest of the episode. True. It was, uh, it was funny how Steve was, like, rolling his eyes and huffing at, at Shepard's snappy comebacks. Um, <laughs> he was just really overall annoyed by his attitude. It was really fun to see that humans don't talk shit like this <laughs> yeah. special brand of earth humans brings me uh, to a nice point um i thought it was so interesting to see how different the hoffans um think about the wraith uh in comparison to like the athosians um, because the Hoffans, they have this goal, they want to fight, they want to um, overcome the wraith by, uh, with knowledge, with this um, vaccine or something. And um, I thought it was really interesting to see Taylor um, in this episode, even though she didn't have a lot to say, but she was always like, yeah, but aren't you afraid that the wraith are going to come and that they are going to destroy you and that they are going to notice your... Um, and he was like, oh, no, we're going to beat them. And I thought it was really interesting that in the Pegasus galaxy, not all um, people are the same. Not all planets handle the wraith the same way. Like, their culture chooses to conceal their um, scientific advancements in that, may I say really super cool secret library <laughs> that I would love to <laughs> work at, if not the for beautiful death. <laughs> Season one of Atlantis had three dollars to her name, and it's okay. We respect it. Ash's <laughs> <laughs> point about, um, friends, you know, have their own, like, distinct kind of society from the Athosians, and I do kind of, this is a my actually a pretty major complaint about Atlantis as a show in general because I think that they didn't do enough like universe building because um, there's just so many questions like when you get down to like the nitty-gritty of it you know like how many planets are the Pegasus uh what are the what are the wraith uh feeding grounds where are they did we ever you know like what are the normal planets they always hit and why uh how many planets are in the coalition in season five that uh Gailed everyone and was like, <laughs> uh, you guys are war criminals. You know, like the list can go on and on. Um, so I think it would have been really cool to see more of those questions answered. However, it does give the chance for fic writers to come up with their own ideas. So I appreciate it. <laughs> there. Do Wraith have names? Like actual names. We just don't know about them. So It'd be if Steve's actual name was actually your death, <laughs> like if that was his name. <laughs> imagine. Oh and imagine it wasn't like actually your death, but it was like something sounding similar to your death, like your death or something. And <laughs> <laughs> wait. And John's so like, good. no, I don't like that name. I'm just gonna give you my own name. <laughs> aka a list of john shepherd's ex-boyfriends <laughs> his name is steve <laughs> novels they have uh names 
And their names are interesting. Wraith names? Yeah, they have like names like North Star and like really celestial no. sounding names. <laughs> what? North Star? <laughs> uh. I don't know. Let me try to find an example really quick. Like, I don't know, the pony of a 13-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this kind of goes into the question, I mean, this is a minor tangent, but, like, are the novels canon? Their thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> They're not. I find, okay. like, published fanfiction, which is cool, because I like fanfiction, and I think it's mm. great to read, so. Some of the, the SG-1 novels? And I choose not to think that they are canon. <laughs> well, there are some really good uh, novels, and some are just really, really bad. Oh no! Only Michael's name is Last Light. That no, no. Abs okay, <laughs> I'm. The woman was too stunned to speak. What the fuck? <laughs> This kind in the Pegasus Galaxy naming Wraith. So I also prefer Steve um, at this point. Like Steve. Then, sorry, okay, we're done. But I was like, <laughs> who gave him that fucking name? Like, I feel like, okay, for Michael, he's a dumbass. I think he would kind of be like, guys, that name sounds cool. What was his, like, Michael is that type of like wraith, that type of guy to be like, guys, I think Last Light or whatever the fuck sounds really cool and all the wraiths are like, we're not fucking calling you that. <laughs> but like <laughs> everyone else though uh, where, <laughs> where was the correlation? Why are they like sky obsessed? Like wouldn't they be like more like aquatic sounding? And, like bug sounding? Anyways. I made up the North Star one. I don't know. I That's just what, because Last Light, you know, North Star... <laughs> Yeah, like, what is their obsession? When did they, when were they obsessed with stars? I didn't know they were like um, astrology bitches. I didn't know. Um, <laughs> interestingly, Todd is called just called Guide. Like that's his name. Okay. Oh. Um. I knew that for some reason. Interesting names they choose for themselves. It's very um, MSN screen name um, in the early two thousands when emo was big. <laughs> So if they all had these legends that sounding names and they were all just like names that we use for like bugs and insects and stuff that would have been cool See, makes hmm. sense i dig that like the whole like bug and like latin because like the ancients and stuff like different language but like when you pull out stuff like guide huh <laughs> oh, so whatever it's that one no. is real <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> should talk a bit about Perna. I think, oh my god, her her introduction was kind of like, she- All the guys are like drooling. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the guys were like, oh wow, pretty scientist. Never seen before or something. <sighs> and I was like, guys, no, stop, please. I thought it was funny that she didn't know what a handshake was. Like, Rodney was trying to shake her hand and she was like <laughs> confused. And I was like, yes, yes, there are people on other planets who don't do handshakes. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I lived there. Not really, but for that custom. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk about her because I like her character somehow. And. Um, in the beginning and then as you learn a bit more about her and how she or about the Hoffans in general I think it's a bit more ambiguous um, but I have sympathy for her when she dies in the end <laughs> I mean I see a little bit of Rodney and her in terms of where kind of life to this this project and it's very important for her to continue on the work of the doctors before her vein uh, that it 
it ended the way it did for her. Because it was so nice to see her getting so excited about, um, you know, Carson's medical technology and stuff. Yeah. Um, and you could tell she was really passionate about what doing, despite, you know, maybe not being the most ethical <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah, but that that counts for the whole, for all the Hoffans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the scientists. I don't really have anything to say about her. Like, I think she was a cool character, but any major attachment. And then I was going to say save this for, like, the sort of section, but I'll just say now because it kind of relates. Um, but she basically, this, that actress plays the same exact character in SG-1. <laughs> oh, really? Um, what episode? Yeah, it's the episode The Cure. Um, AK, which is, again, an episode kind of based off of or an episode that inspired this episode as well. Mm. Um, and that's the ep where SG-1 discover that, um, which is like the miracle drug to cure all ailments, is actually made of gold symbiotes. Oh, yeah. Plays the exact same, like, the like her, and she's involved with the medicine. And she also develops an attraction to one of the main characters. That one was Jonas Quinn. This one's Beckett. Um, so, I don't know. I feel like that was just kind of distracting because I was like, I've seen you do this before. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, if they were going to yeah. bring her back as a guest star, they should have given her something different to do. <laughs> it is the exact same, like, not even exactly the fact that she, like, has, she kisses Jonas at the end of the episode or, you know, and, like, she's, like, with Carson in this episode. Um, and the whole thing, again, about, like, the science and, like, ooh, there's, like, a cool drug but oh no it's suddenly evil like <laughs> wow they were not straying too far no no brains are broken here i get that i guess i didn't feel cry quite as strongly about that because i i remember that sg1 episode but also it's been a long time <laughs> since i last watched it so and i don't her character in this episode kind of stood out to me a bit more than in the other one mm distracted <laughs> that she dies and that Carson is sad yeah uh, I wrote down that I wish we could have seen how Carson dealt with this event because hmm. I think he would have felt so guilty like for weeks and you'd think that he'd be like okay I'm done like I took one step too far or you know like let me like scale it back but you know he they just like never really bring it up again I think um, and then he just uses the drug to turn it into the wraith, like, <laughs> the wraith like we have. Again, do they? Almost positive. Didn't they bring it, like, they mentioned the, that they use the Hoffman's, like, research or something. I'm sure they do. I th I'm sure you're right. I just can't remember right. now. Well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but if, if I'm not wrong, then I just think that, like, this is so interesting, because been a lot more guilty maybe and then i think if he did feel like guilt he might not have used that research again but i mean if it seems like he did so he was like fuck <laughs> it we're going straight super villain <laughs> yeah you bring up an interesting point like instead of putting on the brake he he kind of slammed his foot on the accelerator um you know after that one um choice he made in the beginning, you know, to test on the Wraith. After that choice, he was like, no, let's slow down. Because he was seeing, you know, how this would be unethical. Like, um, when they wanted to disseminate the, the drug throughout the population, and they had only done the one test on the one prisoner, he was like, one test isn't enough. Remember one test isn't enough when we, we tested the thing with Michael, and then we just did all a bunch of whole Wraith? <laughs> ship um but anyway uh yeah so then he just completely 180s it after this episode which is you're right it is interesting maybe this episode just traumatized him so much that he <laughs> after thought afterwards he just thought oh fuck it <laughs> yeah he was yeah, like screw nothing it nothing matters anymore <laughs> just just fuck around and <laughs> <laughs> it would have been so interesting though if we got to like see like 
you know, if they explore that, kind of see him, like, become jaded after this episode and kind of turn to, like, working in secret and, like, trying to affect <laughs> that serum and being like, I'll get my revenge. <laughs> Having, like, these these shots of him in the basement and creepy. And... Yes, <laughs> yes. Stuff around him. All these potions bubbling. Yes, <laughs> Green ooze. Uh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we barely let you talk. Sorry, please. No, that's okay. That's all good. Um, Ad, you all said some really good points. Um, gonna uh, obsessed the Hoffmans were, like, perfecting the, the drug and how, like, they're willing to sacrifice themselves like other people to test you know, how much it works and how they saw it as, like, honouring their forefathers who'd, like, sacrificed so much to, for this drug to work. And they saw it as kind of like a religious obligation, which I thought was interesting. That clash with, like, Atlantis, like the people of Atlantis and their values and morals and fascinating think that was my favorite point of the whole episode uh seeing john's anger and reaction to a whole idea where the hoffman leader is willing to sacrifice his people you know either giving them this drug that's going to kill half of them um or giving them this drug that's going to kill wraith and the wraith are going to come and destroy them for the betterment of the galaxy as a whole, because he thinks, you know, some of them will escape and then spread the knowledge, or some of them will survive um, the drug and then continue to spread the knowledge of the the drug to protect the rest of the galaxy from the wraith. Um, as many wraith as they can. Um, yeah. Either one. Whereas John's sense of right and wrong is kind of polar opposite from his whole thing which is do what's right for your people for the people that are closest to you that you love even if you know chances and of them dying is pretty high yeah regardless of that it's still worth trying like as the the leader of the Oh, whatever his name is, probably saw it as like maybe he did like a asked estimate saying like oh probability of all of the people dying is way higher if you don't administer the drug as opposed to like administering like maybe he was like oh you know only fifty percent of the civilization will die if we administer the drug. If we don't administer it, it might be like 90 to 100%. Not saying that's right at all. Like, that's probably where him and John differ like, a lot. It's like, look at that, it's still 50% of the civilization. <laughs> yeah. And too much of a sacrifice. Uh, and I also found yeah. it interesting that... Um, you know, John was very adamant about the vote because he thought that the vote would show, like, people not wanting to take the drug. It was funny that majority, like, vast majority of the Hoffins voted for yes to 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 continue to use it despite um, the knowing the whole story. And I feel like John in that position, I don't know if he would go with the majority rules. I feel like... <laughs> No, he'd be like, fuck it, you're all wrong. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like the coin toss. Yeah. Like oh. coin tossing. Isn't that kind of, like, toxic of him, like, in a way? Like, it's obviously doing it based off his morals and it's, you know, it's commendable. But, like... If the majority rules, like, he can't really 
they dictate and be like, no, fuck that. <laughs> We're doing what I say. Not that would have been a great episode. <laughs> I feel like his, he doesn't trust people to know better than him. Mm. <laughs> She's kind yeah, of arrogant in a way. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially when it comes to people like bit. he loves to. Like, I think he, we've seen it before, you know, and later on we'll see it more, that he just kind of goes, like, literally feral. <laughs> he turns into a wild being where I was like, I will do anything for you. But it's like, bestie, hey, wait a minute. What if, like, you can't decide what's best for other people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I know you love them, but I think you got to slow your role. And so I think he's that, what you mentioned, Sam, that, like, maybe if they had an episode like that where, like, something happened where he was gonna have to let go and he just can't because i don't think he he can really force to choose oof be able to live with himself oh god (laughs) (laughs) poor poor man why i found the wraith scene uh funny or interesting um because the wraith goes to shepherd oh you would never sacrifice one of your own kind for my information and us who have watched atlantis know that he does sacrifice a human to a wraith (laughs) in the future um so yeah i just thought that line was interesting unintentional foreshadowing for (laughs) miller's crossing oh oh hello yeah after he's lost both Carson and Elizabeth. Yeah. And I think by that point, he's, like, already been pushed over the edge, and he's like, I'm not losing someone else, you know? So I could see, like, that, those deaths driving him even more to be like, absolutely not Rodney. I'm gonna sacrifice someone else in your place. Instance of him, like, like, Rodney was like, no, I'm gonna do it. And then he was like, no, you're not. Like... <laughs> This isn't a democracy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> what an interesting guy. At the, same, at the same time, like it, you know, should have been Rodney's choice. But at the same time, it's like, why did he approach John and ask him if it's okay if he did it? Like, true. He was asking for it. <laughs> true. Very true. It's like he he wanted reassurance that he was doing the right. Not to John, he wasn't, he was not <laughs> doing the right thing. <laughs> or maybe deep down he knew, like, John was going to do anything he could to stop him, almost. Maybe one person who would, would ref- refuse to let him go. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you killed Sam. She's dead. <laughs> Miller's Crossing, like, just love and appreciation. <laughs> Oh, I fucking can't wait till we do that episode. Oh my god. That episode is gonna be extra long. I don't know, it's gonna be three hours long. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's just John, man, and his ethics of care. He's just something else for our protagonist, quote unquote, hero character. So interesting. The most fascinating guy. And I'm so happy that, like, I mean, not only with John, but, like, with every character, I feel like we've kind of gone pretty in-depth and, like, found something new, maybe, that maybe the people, you know, like, even when we're doing this, you know, like, I feel like I'm learning so much about each of these characters, and so I think it's really good, too, because, you know, I think John gets a pretty bad rep sometimes in the community, and so, John propaganda. (laughs) (laughs) I was just gonna say, like, become extinct after administering the drug. I can't remember, like, were they? So in a later episode that, um, I think it was, um, that the Wraith did destroy their entire population when they found out about it. Because I think oh, Michael- really? Michael, yeah, because Michael uses their information- um, because when he's fighting his own war against the Wraith. I completely forgot about mm-hmm. that. 
Maybe it's Michael that uses their research. If so, sorry that I slandered Carson like that. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would have been so interesting if, like, let's say, like, season three or season two, like, they go back to the planet and find out what, like, uh, if someone had survived, I think it would have been really interesting if they had kind of, like, come back and, like, been on Atlantis and kind of worked with Carson's. I think it would have given something for Carson um, in character-wise and also just interesting yeah. to yeah. know about more Pegasus cultures that we visited in earlier seasons. Also, yeah, these are like the, this is like what, like our, like third allies? <laughs> and Atlantis is like, yeah, sorry, never again, never stepping foot in, you know? <laughs> Like, damn, they close, they slammed the door shut in their face and <laughs> they were not budging. <laughs> Do you think the Hoffans try to administer their drug on other planets? Because we know that's what they had in mind, but the Atlantis people were just like, nope, not gonna do that. <laughs> Did Atlantis Expedition decide that charge with the whole Pegasus galaxy? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> Did I miss True. that? True. <laughs> ah. They just went in guns blazing and were like, Probably hi guys. Probably woke up to wraith. And colonizes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for real, for real. But you raise an interesting point, Sam, because you didn't have the authority to make that decision for the rest of the planets in the Pegasus galaxy. Like, the Hoffins should have the freedom to show people their research and be like, hey, we made this drug. You have the choice to use it or not used to here it is if not okay we're moving on to the next planet but atlantis was like no you're not allowed (laughs) like what we think is right that we've brought from another fucking galaxy and because we're in this galaxy it's like come on you you know our same morals and beliefs and values too because we were talking about it a little bit before the podcast, but, you know, I'm watching Star Trek uh, The Next Generation. And, mm. you know, that there's such a staple in that show, which is the Prime Directive. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, it's the whole basis, the Prime Directive, is that they aren't allowed to, like, interfere with other cultures of, like, the planets that they visit and stuff. And they stick <laughs> by this rule. Like, literally, there's an episode, a little bit of a tangent, there's an episode where, like, uh, there's, like, one of them, one, one planet is taking for their benefit. And, like, everyone's like, hey, we should help them. And Picard's like, yeah, no, we can't. Sorry, Prime Directive. (laughs) And they help them in, like, a really subtle way so that, like, eventually in, like, I don't know, like, five or, like, a few years, maybe a few months, they can be, like, stable on their own and they'll, like, escape from the other planet's, like, rule. But it's just so interesting going from that show and then watching Atlantis. They do not give a fuck. There is no Prime Directive. We don't know her. They went in and were like, yeah... (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, you guys have to listen to us. You can listen to our rules and stuff. And it's just so interesting that they do not give a shit. That's uh, the problem or a thing with the whole franchise, right? The same is with SG-1. They just, they go to other planets and if there's something they don't like, they try to change it all the time. It's giving American. <laughs> it's giving. <laughs> it's also giving. It's also giving male. It's giving male as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's giving military. <laughs> it's giving military. <laughs> and British. Let's just throw them in there as well. Mm. <laughs> fucking ancestors. They're really bad with that. I think. Su. There's no one to colonize, and they're just too depressed to anyways. <laughs> Yeah, whole ship. Oh, they need like ten oh. Heidmeyers. <laughs> only thought that I didn't mention was uh, how do we feel about the boys comparing Beckett to Dr. McCoy? <laughs> yes, thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> um, nerd alert. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny, um, especially because uh john said that yeah he's the character that 
back at place in real life or whatever <laughs> it was. I was like, hey, nerd. And um, I mean, there are these scenes with McCoy where, she, where he hates going through the transporter. And it was basically the same with Carson going through the Stargate. So I think it was kind of fitting in this. Say, I don't remember them not liking the Stargate. I was like, wait, is this, a, is this like a character trait that I just completely skipped over? I think it's only mentioned in this episode. Okay. He says like, oh, it's not uh, like... Are molecularized? Yes, yes, thank you! <laughs> that's what I thought. And that's why I was kind of like, it's interesting, because I don't know if I agree with the McCoy comparison, because again, this is the only time they mention that like Carson doesn't like the Stargate. And I wrote down, I was like, if anyone's going to be, if anyone gives off Bones energy, I think it's Rodney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Rodney Absolutely. gives off major Bones energy. Like he is like, because Bones is like fucking tired of this shit all the time. And like <laughs> Rodney is just yelling all the fucking time. And he is not having anyone's BS. And Bones is also a mean girl. Rodney's a mean girl. Like, it works. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like Beckett kind of grows out of his um, his fears a little bit as the series progresses. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not scared to go through the gate after. Um, he's scared of the jumper always <laughs> to fly at himself. <laughs> and the chair. And the chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that chair, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> but, um... Yeah, when he goes off-world, at least in season two, I feel like he's like a veteran almost, compared to Zelenka, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. Zelenka. Oh, I can't wait to see more Zelenka. <laughs> Soon. Yeah. Honestly, can I say something? Like, I actually prefer Zelenka so much more than I do Carson. Oh! I, I just want to say that. Controversial. I, I don't know why, but... No, yeah. I agree. <laughs> Carson just—he just kind of annoys me. I don't know why. <gasps> really oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> These are not all the views of the Jumping Puddles podcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's my personal. Yeah, I think I don't know. I I like Carson. I just think that like his. Like, I think, unfortunately, he just doesn't get, like, a great, like, character to work with. And I think the reason why people love him so much is because of the actor. Which I think is great, because I think he does a great job. But I just wish mm-hmm. they had given him kind of more, you know? And so I, yeah. that's why I, I get why you prefer Zelenka. Because I also think I prefer Zelenka, just because there's just more to him, I think. I was also going to say, just kind of rounding out all these notes. This is observation I noticed. Um... This is, like, the first big episodes we, we get of, like, quote-unquote, one of the Atlantis members kind of, like, romancing a quote-unquote <laughs> alien. Um, but I realized Taylor never got one of those episodes. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. Ooh. Interesting. <laughs> I think it's because they didn't, the writers didn't care about her. However, I still think it's a win. Because they didn't object- objectify her like that. So, thank you. True. <laughs> Unintentionally, thank you. Fair. <laughs> Look what they did to Sam on SG-1. Goddamn. Oh, God, yeah. <clears throat> you had the fucking worst love interests. I think out of all of them. I mean, cause I, I mean, I don't know. Daniel's pretty... Daniel was Thai. Mm. I think with her. Mm-hmm. All of her love interests turned crazy and became, like, obsessed with her. Did hey. just really creepy things. <laughs> or they died wait, wait, and wait, or wait, both wait, wait. they all die yeah yeah <laughs> yeah wait what's it rewind that a second sam and daniel have a love interest no no, no. Like, like like their love interest like their love interests are tied for worse for first place not oh, them as a couple <laughs> i was like oh i'm just a big chunk of probably <laughs> oh my goodness I mean, really quick, I wanted to say that I wish the scene where John and Taylor go talk to the leader of the Hoffins was cool, but I just wish, again, like, they would have utilized Elizabeth more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. I wholeheartedly agree. That's, her whole job is, like, 
she's there to lead and negotiate treaties. Like, that's her expertise. And they didn't use her at all. I mean, like, she gave an order, but she was on Atlantis. Like, it sucks that she didn't get to go off-world. I think it's annoying, too, because I think you said it or someone else said it in our, in our circle that um, their aim for Elizabeth's character was going to be similar to Hammond. She won. Mm-hmm that she was gonna like remain in the base at like the whole time but i think that's like a huge mistake One of their biggest mistakes it's like just trying to there are hammond's character elizabeth on sga and she could have been as you said someone that went off well with them did the negotiations and the like the high level um leadership stuff so, yeah, the problem with that is that she's a civilian and the team is still military under um, uh, under John and he no he's just not a negotiator. <laughs> he, um, not at all. So she couldn't be like, Hammond it's just it doesn't work because it's a completely different structure and yeah they totally underutilized her and so I wrote down um and how this is really the team's like first step into the dark side <laughs> <laughs> come to the dark this, side yeah this is their first like we have cookies war crime I guess you could say <laughs> But was it their fault? Well, the... Oh, wait. Wait, with the Wraith. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. I forgot about that. I <laughs> thought about administering the drug. No, yeah. Yeah. No, I get you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't entirely, but they definitely played a part. They definitely... I feel like the Hoffins probably wouldn't have even been able to develop their drug in time. Because they were thinking, like, oh, yeah, we have 50 years. And then, you know, these yeah, guys over here woke the Wraith. Yeah. Plus, Carson really helped with um, creating, like, a... Um, yeah, like the drug, basically, right? Yeah, like how to recreate the drug. Yeah, and also we gave them a live, like, <laughs> person yeah. they could use to experiment on. Like, no, Atlantis? Yeah, no. Yeah, 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 agree. <laughs> you should do, like, I a list... Actually, please. <laughs> yeah. Count the time. Count their war crimes. And we'll summarize it every season finale. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it wait, just gets yes. longer and longer. <laughs> All right, we're going to do that. Everyone, we're going to write them down. We have to write a few down because this episode, they did a lot in this episode. They were doing the yeah. most. Um, and the last thing I have, it's just more of a funny little thing, uh, but I wrote down, this is Atlantis's second loss so far. Like, in the grand scheme of things, like, you know, last episode they couldn't get the, um, the, Z the ZPM, and it was basically for nothing this episode. They walked away having committed <laughs> several war crimes. <laughs> Atlantis <laughs> is down two points. Or Atlantis two, Pegasus Galaxy, oh. like a million. <laughs> yeah, and that trend is going to continue. People joke online that Atlantis is failure porn. I feel like I've mentioned this already <laughs> on this podcast. Um, and it, it is. It's like nothing goes right. Everything goes wrong. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. But but I personally love that. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Just, I feel like it kind of depicts real life quite well because it... <laughs> 90% of the time, everything just fucking doesn't go to plan. So why would it be any different in another galaxy fucking millions of light years away, you know? I think the risk would be 100% worse. <laughs> totally. And it, it gives the characters something to do. Um, and it gives them depth. It gives them oomph, you know, to have flaws and to make mistakes and to be in this situation where they have this responsibility and they don't always make the right choice it's great oh it's just the flavor is so good yeah <laughs> real it makes them like feel like real people because mm -hmm. they're they're not like these perfect 
you know, people that we can kind of like look up and see as role models. Like they have good qualities, but they <laughs> yeah. don't always like, make the right choices. Like irrespective of the fact that they chose like the smartest and brightest of like the world could offer from like all corners of the world can still fuck up like (laughs) the best and brightest are not enough for the pegasus galaxy the best and brightest and and they fucked up the entire galaxy in less than five years basically on day one yeah (laughs) so it's not that bad actually but it's just very different so in german it's actually deadly defense Ooh, I kind of like that. Ooh, that's cool. The alliteration. Yeah, yeah. And in in French, it's just um, serum. Ooh. Oh. That one's one's less cool. Sorry. (laughs) No, those were just the two that uh, this time stood out. (laughs) That's it. No, I mean, Deadly Defense, and I can't tell which one I like more, Deadly Defense or Poisoning the Well. Both are bang, both are bangers, bro. Both sound like a metal <laughs> band name. <laughs> I like it a lot. Very appropriate for an episode featuring goth space vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Called Death. With your death. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope we don't attract any uh, empire slash race stands to this. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hold on. We have against vampire stands, though. We have against vampire stands. I'm sorry. Uh oh. I mean, oh, Tor, you've watched the Vampire Diaries. Are you not like a vampire stand? I am certain vampire stands. <laughs> Collectively, they're all right. Um, certain ones are pretty good, though. Yeah. Don't don't lump in Wraith and Vampire together. That's two different things. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> at least at least the vampire. Well, hey, he doesn't have a hand pussy, so the vampire wins. <laughs> and there it I is. I was wondering if you were going to say that. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it's too early in the morning to hear that. So <laughs> Okay, Ash, go ahead with the Bechtel test. Oh, yeah. On that note. Please, please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, I gave this a fail because there's one scene where Elizabeth and Taylor are in the same scene and they talk back to back, but I don't think they talk explicitly to each other, so I'm going to say fail. Rip. That's especially sad for an episode where, you know, we had a guest star. That's a woman. Um, I know, who had such a big role. Yeah. Like, she could have said something to Taylor, even. Yeah. Maybe she could have gone to Atlantis and talked to Elizabeth and tried to, like, advocate for their, like, whole thing. Oh yeah. She wanted to go. She said she wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so sad. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, we kind of already said most of like the fun behind the scenes thing. You know, we talked about how this episode is pretty similar to The Cure, and how the main actress plays almost the same exact character in both episodes. Um, this episode does take place two weeks after Suspicion, so they are having a horrible month. <laughs> they are just <laughs> taking losses left and right. Um. Beckett is compared to Bones, and then something interesting was that the Hoffman scenes were actually shot in a disused wing of the Riverview Sanatorium in British Columbia. Ooh! Ooh. Interesting. That's cool, because I and did I like the set. I love the location setting. Yeah. 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 It was awesome. Oh, can I say a quick thing about that? Hell yeah. Yeah. I think, um, so my friend Robin, who I was watching this with the first time, um, was wondering if it's the same setting as in Satida, like the the hospital in Satida. And I think it is, because I think um, this episode, uh, Satida is also shot in whatever you just said. I already forgot the name. (laughs) 
British Columbia. Yeah. Like the no, room. in the same in the same like hospital. Oh, the sanatorium. Or... Yeah, the room. Yeah, exactly. Let's yeah. let's see. Give me three seconds. Let me see if I can pull it up. Um. Uh, yeah, I think it was. I think it was actually the same. Good catch, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, wouldn't nice have noticed. <laughs> I think it, it listed that they also use it for. Maybe this could be wrong, though, but they also use it for the Janai Lab. Hmm. I'm not sure if that's entirely Janai correct. Janai Lab. Um, I could see that. Oh, wow. They used um, a small amusement park <laughs> um, for Irresponsible. Ooh. What? I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. Wait, let me send you guys the little map.org thing. This is cool. That's awesome. Okay, anyway. Where is that? I want to go. <laughs> yeah. We have to go. Anyways. Last thoughts, last call. <laughs> I feel like we said everything. I feel like I always start with those things. <laughs> <laughs> but I can go ahead. Um, so I like this episode. I think it's a good episode um, because it brings a bit more. What you said earlier about world building or like, yeah, world building in the Pegasus Galaxy. Um, I think it brings a bit more to that, to that, showing more of like, like different societies other than the Athosians or some we have seen so far. And I wouldn't say it's a comfort episode because, yeah, <laughs> much evil scientist stuff happening. <laughs> and yeah, I also think it brings up some interesting ethical questions and dilemmas um yeah but i think it's a good episode you can say if you don't like it <laughs> <laughs> no actually i'm gonna agree uh, and say you know not that it's a forgettable or was a forgettable episode for me um but before i was like oh yeah carson centric episode cool and move on um but now the opportunity to watch and really pay attention uh, I really enjoyed the episode for what it says about Atlantis's ethics, how, you know, Earth people see things compared to different cultures in the Pegasus galaxy, how different Pegasus galaxy cultures deal with the Wraith. It's always interesting to see um, different off-world people. And... It was super interesting in terms of, for me, John's character moments uh, to see where he lies on the ethics scale um, in different challenging situations in this episode. So yeah, I I really like it. I don't have anything intelligent about <laughs> if I liked the episode or didn't like the episode. So I'm just going to go and casually say that I wasn't the biggest fan and that's mostly due to the fact that it was set in a place and it's just boring. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> like I, I found the ethics part of it interesting and drug, the drug that they were going to make, but other than that. There's all the aliens, real aliens, not humanoids. Like, true. I need more practical effects. Yeah, that's that's actually so valid. That's a yeah, that's a big problem in Atlantis. Um, but yeah, no, I like this episode. I think it's one of those where it's like, I think it's better when you get down to like the nitty gritty. Like, I feel like I'm very much like okay with the Carson and Perna like love interest or like kind of like. Their dynamic is fine, but it's, like, the ethics that just really kind of make the episode stand out, I think. Um, and again, though, I have to say, like, it's just so interesting that, you know, when I was first starting Atlantis, people were like, oh, you just have to get through season one. Like, it gets better, better later on. And I was like, guys, what? Season one is amazing. Like, Agreed. <laughs> the way that every single episode so far, we've managed to kind of, like, find, like, something, like, really deep or kind of, like, just dig into something. In each episode and so it kind of makes me because i don't 
I have to again we're gonna rewatch season two obviously when we get there but I have I don't remember liking it as much as season one and I think I think the show kind of loses a lot of its um maybe like ethics or sense of tension after season one so so far I've just been really enjoying how every episode is like super the tension is so good and just like we're learning about these characters about this world everything is new and fresh and the ethics are slowly being brought in to like and we're seeing what the Atlantis crew, you know, is going to end up doing <laughs> to this galaxy. Um, so for that, I really enjoyed this app. And so I think it's definitely, like every single episode we've watched so far, I think it's underrated. <laughs> I think people <laughs> tend to overlook it. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I think you put it perfectly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that was long. I think we did it. I think we did it. Final thoughts, final words. Say now if ever hold your peace. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I, I do wish we could have gotten a little bit more of Rodney. I feel like he would have been really pissed with John. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. He would have been up there screaming. I'm surprised he didn't. Um, but... That is it for this episode of the Jumping Puddles podcast. Uh, be sure to tune in next week for our talk on Underground with the Janai. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Get to hear all our thoughts on that. And be sure to catch up on previous episodes and check us out on social media. It's all going to be in the description. I don't want to read that out again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and let us know any feedback. Feel free to DM us on Twitter or Instagram or Tumblr or whatever site you find us on. Or email us at thejumpingpuddlespod at gmail.com. So you can hear your feedback and we would love to see what you guys think. We'd love to, even if you disagree with us, it's okay. We're down. <laughs> yeah, we want to hear it. <laughs> totally. Yeah, we want to hear it. <laughs> All right, you clowns, listen up. I don't often get a chance to say this, so savor it. Good work, boys and girls. Let's go home.